What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Simply Serie A, the Italian football podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and I'm joined by the brilliant Vittorio Campanile. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks. What about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, Vittorio. Not too bad. Um, it, it wasn't the greatest weekend from a football results <laughs> perspective, but we uh, we take it and we move on. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. You didn't. That's right. <laughs> let's uh, let's kick off uh, with the big game from Italy this weekend, which was, of course, the derby della Madonnina between uh, Milan and Inter. Very much uh, a game that would, I guess, play a part in in where the Scudetto ends up at the end of the season. It was the biggest derby between these two for years. I think it has, it's been over a decade since they were first and second uh, in the division going into a derby. So it was a massive, massive game. And Inter really stamped their mark on it, didn't they? Yes, yes. Uh, To be honest, we could see it coming, right? Because Milan was struggling. They lost against Spezia. They're not playing the great football uh, as a couple of months ago. While on the other side, Inter has improved massively. So uh, it wasn't a huge surprise. But as you were saying, I mean, it was probably the most important derby uh, that Milan Inter played for the last decade. Um, Inter started really, really well. Obviously, scoring in after five minutes was a massive boost for Inter. Um, first half, I would say dominated by Inter that had the chance to f- close the derby in the first half. And then I was surprised, honestly, because the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, Milan played really, really well. They had in five minutes three great chances, and that that's where the match could turn around. Instead, in the probably the best moment of AC Milan, Inter scored the second goal, and that pretty much finished the derby. So, uh, 
I, I thought Inter would have won that. Didn't see it coming like that, but uh, great performance by Inter. I mean, this is going to be an amazing boost for, for Conte and his team. Uh, the question mark is, will this sign the end of AC Milan dream or will they recover after this uh, deep in form? Yeah, be interesting. I, I think that, you know, we've spoken about it many times on this podcast. I feel like AC Milan were punching above their weight. You know, we we both agreed on that, that maybe their position in the league is a little bit false in the sense of they don't necessarily have the, the squad and the depth and the quality to perhaps maintain that challenge. But we've got to remember that when we're talking about Milan in this nature, it's very easy to say, you know, they, they completely failed in the derby. But actually, if Milan were to finish fourth in the league, Vittorio, that would be a great achievement, wouldn't it, for Pioli? Definitely. The problem is... Now that, you know, uh, in September, if people would tell you, hey, Milan is second in February, would you be happy? Definitely. After you've been top of the league, top of the table for so long, finishing fourth, for example, I don't know if the fans would really be happy or more disappointed. But yeah, the problem is AC Milan is second now, but six points, Lazio, that is fifth, is just six points behind. And this weekend, there is Roma-AC Milan, another very difficult match for, for AC Milan. There's the Europe League in the middle. So, you know, it's not very easy. Uh, at this point, there are people questioning, will AC Milan finish in the top four? Wow. Wow. Let's, um, let, let's go back to Inter for a minute, because you mentioned that the second goal came off the back of, of Milan attacking. That was some counter-attacking goal, wasn't it? That was Inter on the break at their best, wasn't it? Fantastic move and then a brilliant finish in the end uh, from Lautaro. Really good goal. Yes, but we know Antonio Conte. This is how he liked to play. And as I said, scoring after five minutes definitely helped Inter because they played as, as they wanted. Um, Milan obviously had to push uh, to try to find the equaliser and then... Uh, they they allowed this counter-attack. Lautaro Martinez, we talked about it. He's very, very good. He missed a lot of chances in the couple of months ago. In the derby, he was perfect because he's fast. His technique is amazing. And finally, he found a way to score. So, you know, this player, when he has space, it's, uh, it's amazing to see. So, uh, obviously, in, Inter playing like that is the best. And we saw them playing like this against other team and, you know, even against Lazio, they played like that and the win. So it's very dangerous to attack Inter with all, all the players like Milan did. But on the other side, what Pioli said after the match is, yes, we, 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 we were pushing hard, but with Inter defending so well, you cannot expect to score attacking only with three four players. You have to attack with the full squad. Otherwise, you won't find the right space to score. And, uh, you know, he's right. But then you, you you allow Inter to play like that and they can be deadly. Yeah, absolutely. And none more deadly than uh, Romelu Lukaku, who had another really good game. His form has really picked up in the last few weeks, I think, anyway. And, and it was a really good individual goal from him, showing his power, isn't it? And I think that's why a lot of people were, were positive about him going to Serie A, because he does have that power that maybe in the Premier League, isn't as significant, but in Serie A, I think it's a bigger advantage to have that kind of power, pace, 
Um, and I thought he, he took the goal brilliantly as well. Were there question marks about Donnarumma maybe getting at his, getting done at his near post there? I looked at it again and I thought, it's a good finish, but I don't really want to see my goalkeeper getting beaten at the near post. Yeah, I thought the same. But I think that the biggest mistake was from Romagnoli. And we have to be honest, Inter played great football, but both Kier and Romagnoli were terrible on uh, on the Derby on Sunday. Uh, a lot of AC Milan fans start questioning about Romagnoli. Is he uh, a player that can play at, with AC Milan anymore? Because we have to be honest, the first goal of Inter was a terrible mistake of Kier. You cannot leave Lautaro Martinez in the box uh, like that. He had one meter, two meter probably of space. That's too much. Uh, same thing on the second goal. On the third goal, Lukaku simply <laughs> dribbled past Romagnoli that couldn't catch him at all. So, yes, Lukaku did and Lautaro Martinez played well. But we have to be honest and say that Milan defense, that was one of the secrets of Milan last year, uh, has had failed in the derby and in the last matches. I think, as we said, that Kier have failed with Atalanta and then went to AC Milan and suddenly played great football. I think both players are back on earth. They are playing at their level and we can see the difference. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so that win obviously uh, moves into four points clear uh, at the top of the division, uh, which they'll be absolutely delighted by. Four points clear of their rivals. Uh, Juventus are in third. And Juventus, uh, they got themselves a uh, a solid win against Crotone. Um, on Monday night, Cristiano Ronaldo with a couple of goals and, and Weston McKennie uh, got the third for Juve. It's just a comfortable win, wasn't it, for Juve? And they're just reminding everybody that they will be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Yes, let's not forget that uh, the other time, Crotone was able to to get a point out of Juventus. And it was, you know, a concerning uh, result for Juventus. Uh, so winning this easy definitely helped the team. Juventus know that now they are in a dangerous position because Inter is first and we said it, the only team that has the power, the firepower of Juventus is Inter. So the gap is big. Yes, Inter has to, Juventus has to play one match against Napoli. But I think at this point, I know it's very early because it's just February, but if Inter doesn't drop points, it's going to be quite difficult for Juventus to catch them up. So Juventus know that they finish all the bonus. They cannot lose points anymore. Uh, so that was an interesting test because they played after the derby. So they knew the situation of Inter. They had to send a signal. And that was a positive signal, I think, from Juventus. But, you know, <laughs> at this point, I would say that Inter is the favorite for the Scudetto. Juventus has to chase them. And it's never easy remembering that Inter has nothing else. They are out of the Champions League, uh, out of Coppa Italia, so uh, they have only the, the 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 league to play. While Juventus, obviously, the the main goal is the Champions League. And after the result in the first leg after Porto, I think they will try to focus and recover there, and so they could lose other points. Yeah, they could indeed. Uh, one thing I wanted to pick your brains on, Juventus-wise, Vittoria, was. The centre forward position, right? Cristiano Ronaldo obviously plays up there, and Andrea Pirlo is very keen on on playing a second centre forward, right? He likes to play with two strikers. 
He's chopped and changed it all season. It's been Kulusevski. It's been Morata. We've seen uh, Dybala sometimes play there. Who for you is the best partner for Cristiano Ronaldo? Because I can't quite work it out. You know, Kulusevski is not a striker. No. He's a wide player. Um, Dybala is not really an out-and-out striker. He likes to play in that hole in behind. So do you feel like Pirlo is, is kind of shoehorning players into the wrong position here? Well, the biggest problem, and I know it's funny to say it because we've been saying that Juventus squad is probably the best in Italy. But I think they made a huge mistake because they don't have a real number nine. They have Oli Morata, who is, of all the options they have, a real number nine. But Morata started well, but he never had been a top scorer. He's not the type of players that guarantee you every year 15, 20 goals. That it's a striker that a club like Juventus need. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is not a real number nine. He likes to move around and create space. Need a number nine to move around. So that's why Juventus went and signed Morata. Because Dybala is not a number nine. He's more number 10. Uh, Kulusevski, we said it. He's more a winger. So they don't have a real number nine. And in the last couple of months, Morata hasn't been playing at the level Juventus expected. He's often on offside. He doesn't score a lot. He misses a lot of chances. He's really important because created spaces for Cristiano Ronaldo. But we saw, especially in the key matches, that if Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't score, this team struggles because the other striker, in this case Morata, never scores. So, you know, it's all on the shoulder of Cristiano Ronaldo, who is still a top player, but probably is not anymore the players of five, six years ago. And uh, we saw it against Inter. Juventus lost because they didn't score, pretty much. Uh, Dybala is out injured, and again, he's not a number nine. So I think this is a big failure from, from Juventus because it's true they don't, didn't have a lot of money. But come on, go and sign another number nine to give a little bit of rest of Morata, or maybe someone that can score more than Alvaro Morata. And we are seeing that this is the biggest problem of Juventus. Pirlo tried to change players, but it doesn't work. Dybala is a great player, Kolusevski is a great player, etc. But they are not a number nine. And Cristiano Ronaldo, for me, needs a number, number nine. In Real Madrid, he had Benzema that worked perfectly exactly. with him. So, you know, there is no Benzema in Juventus. And Morata is, is the number nine, but for me, is not at Juventus level. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Let's move on to the uh, race for the Champions League. And there was a thrilling game between Atalanta and Napoli. It ended 4-2 uh, to Atalanta. Um, the biggest concern off the back of that game, though, was the injury uh, to Victor Osimhen. Um, is there any update in Italy as to, to what the the outcome well, of that is? Well, luckily, it's all good. He He... he... He bumped his head, basically, and and that, that was the problem. Because, you know, I was watching the match and seeing what happened. I thought, I didn't understand it was dangerous because the foul was a normal foul. Then falling back on his back, he bumped his head and and that's why he lost consciousness. But luckily enough, it's all fine. He stayed a couple of days in Bergamo and then he's going to be back with his team. So not a big problem, luckily, because... Ozyman, since he moved to Napoli, he had so many problems. He got COVID, he got a lot of injuries. So uh, it's good that this is nothing serious, obviously. On the other side, Harry, 
Juventus, uh, Napoli missed a lot of players, but we have to say that Atalanta pretty much outplayed Napoli and they deserve to win for two. Um, I'm, a get, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about Napoli because they started the season really, really well. And now the, the situation is, is terrible. They're still seventh. They, they are three points uh, from the Champions League, but the deep on form, it's obvious. I mean, they lost the last three of the last five matches they played, but they, they are not playing as expected. As we said often, this team is not bad. They have a lot of good players, but still they're not playing as expected. Um, Atalanta could have easily won this match uh, easily with no problem at all if if Zelinski didn't didn't score an amazing goal. You know this match could have been one-sided. So uh, Atalanta will play against Real Madrid. They are a great team. They are fun to watch. Uh, they have plenty of options because uh, they have Muriel Zapata etc. On the other side, I, I said it. Gattuso is not a manager for a great team. Napoli is a great team. Uh, I don't know if he's going to finish the season because rumours are that Napoli just, are looking for a replacement. I was just going to ask you that, if you think he's going to finish the season. It, it doesn't look like it, does it, at no, the moment? No, no. Uh, yes, I, I, I see it very unlikely to, that he can finish the season. Um, now they're playing against Benevento son, next Sunday, so I hope that Napoli will win it. But the other thing is, okay, is it the right time to make a change? Maybe there's still in time to save the season. But, you know, uh, we're going to see who, who you pick instead. So Exactly. And he's, he's, he's not been afraid to make his kind of bad relationship with the owner known as well, which, <laughs> as we know from history, doesn't go down well, does it? Especially at a club like Napoli. No, the problem with Gattuso is that He's someone that say what he thinks. He's not able to control himself in a certain way, right? If he thinks something, he's going to say it. And you you like him as a man because he's honest all the time. But as a manager of a big club, you should avoid this sometimes, right? <laughs> Especially with the, with the owner of like De Laurentiis who, you know, it's <laughs> it's a difficult man to cope with. For sure, for sure. Um, let's touch on the result between Benevento and Roma. It was a nil-nil draw. Disappointing result for Roma. You know, we've talked about them obviously punching above their weight uh, this season, but it's a result that saw Juventus leapfrog them uh, on Monday after they, of course, uh, won their game. Bad result for Roma. Um, is it just a, a temporary blip? Are you, are, you, are you still confident that Roma can cement a Champions League place? Well... The first thing to say is that this is the first time that Roma doesn't win against a team on the lower side of the table. Because since now, this year, this season, in, uh, Roma have beat all the weakest teams and struggled against the big teams. So, you know, if they stop winning against small teams and don't start winning against the big teams, they're going to be in big trouble. Let's not forget that Bonavento was one man down for pretty much all the second half. And even like that, Roma wasn't able to create chances. So this is was the concerning point. I have to admit that the most interesting part of the match was the last minute. Uh, Roma was awarded, uh, awarded a penalty and then it was cancelled for offside. So <laughs> that was pretty much the biggest chance Roma had. 
uh, against Benevento that, don't get me wrong, they play good football, but, you know, they played one man down for 45 minutes. A team like Roma should find a way to score. Again, a little bit similar like Juventus. Um, Borja Mayoral is a good player, but I don't think he's that type of striker that guarantees you 15, 20 goals a season. And Roma moved very well the ball, especially with Mkhitaryan, but they struggle to finalize, finalize the chances they have. They should be scoring more. So, you know, Zeko at the same time is not a top scorer anymore. So that could be the problem. Now, next Sunday, there's Roma-Milan. And this is a key match for both teams. Milan has to step up and score again. And Roma has to finally beat a big team. I think they're going to be fighting for the fourth place till the end of the season, especially if Milan start losing points like they're doing. But, you know, we have to see what happens. For sure, for sure. Uh, let's touch on your team, Vittorio Lazio. Um, a 1-0 win. They had chances, though, didn't they, to make it far more comfortable than it actually ended up being. But a 1-0 win over Sampdoria. <laughs> and another positive result for Lazio, who had a little bit of a bump last week against Inter. But they're, they're going quite well overall. Yes, the, you made the right point. The problem of this team is Lazio is creating a lot of chances. But you have to score. Uh, I, th I think in the first half, Lazio had four great chances and didn't score. In the second half, again, other two, two good chances. It looks to me that Lazio players want to go in the net with all the ball, dribble past the goalkeeper. and No, you can do that when you're 3-0 up, 4-0 up, 5-0 up. When it's 1-0, especially against Ranieri, that it's a very good manager, you have to take all the chances because then what happens? In the last minute, you struggle. You, you're scared because, hey, we're still one man, one, one nil up. They can equalize. So, yeah, Lazio's playing great football, but football, you win if you score more than the other team. So, th there's a thing. There's two numbers really interesting about Lazio. Um, Lazio have scored in every single match this season except Sampdoria-Lazio of last year when they lost 3-0. But at the same time, of the top seven team of the table, Lazio is the team that has scored less. So this tells you that Lazio is winning a lot of match, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. And this is good in a way, but dangerous in the other. Because this tells you that if you make a single mistake on defense, the other team will score and uh, you will lose two points. Yeah, agreed. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Palmer because we've got a couple of comments in the, in the chat box about Palmer. Alcarp says, Vittorio, do you see any chance for Palmer to stay in Serie A. It's not going well for Palmer at the moment. They're second from bottom. They are six points off of safety as it stands. And at the weekend, uh, they were held to a draw by Udinese. Um, how do you see it going for Palmer? Because they're a club that I think all neutrals enjoy. You know, They think of the history, some of the players that they brought through um, and the talents that they've had on their books in years gone by. Recently got promoted, of course, back into Serie A. But Palmer having a bit of a difficult time at the moment. Can you see a recovery coming? They sign a lot of good players. They have a good team. So it's really hard to understand what's going on. Uh, they lost four of the last five matches and then find a draw in the last one. Uh, this is not enough, especially because Torino and Spezia are getting results. You know, Torino won the last one. They, they have been struggling, but since they changed manager, they're improving. Spezia's playing great football, as we said. 
they won two of the last five matches. Benevento, we just said, they were able to find a point against Roma, even though they were one man down. Uh, now we have to see what happens with Cagliari with the with the change of manager. Uh, I really don't understand what's happening with Parma because if you see the squad, you would say, wow, this is a Europe League level team. Instead, they're struggling. They played against Lazio a couple of months ago. They played great football. You see them playing well and then they, they concede too easily, too easily. Uh, it's a tough situation because no one expected Parma to be there. And when you're in that position and you don't understand why, uh, it's hard to, to, to fight for that. Against Udinese, they were 2-0 up. Everybody thought, well, this is finished. And said what happened. Udinese scored twice. You know, so there's something wrong there. The, the players are there, but they are not... They're scared, basically. They're really scared. And when you're scared, you're not able to play the football you would like. Agreed. Agreed. Great stuff. Um, I think we're going to leave it there. Um, we've been through the, the big games from the weekend. I'll just touch on some of the other scores that we didn't cover uh, necessarily. Cagliari nil, Torino one. Torino getting an important win there. Uh, Fiorentina picked up a 3-0 win against Spezia. Genoa drew 2-2 with Verona. Uh, we've touched on pretty much all of the others, barring Sassuolo and Bologna. Of course, as Vittorio mentioned, next week, Big, big game uh, coming up between Roma and Milan. Looking forward to that. Napoli play Benevento as they look to get their season back on track. Inter welcome Genoa to the San Siro. And of course, Juventus uh, travel to Verona. So some big, big games coming up in match week 24. Uh, we're going to leave it there for now. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. My thanks to Vittorio. Uh, Vittorio, how can people follow you before I forget? Well, you can follow me on Lazio Lounge on all the the devices you follow your <laughs> podcasts, and then on YouTube we have a YouTube channel as well. Big match coming, Lazio buyer. So you know you can follow us after the match. Brilliant stuff, and I'm going to be checking that out for the uh, reaction to the buying game as well. Look forward to it very much. Thank you to all of you guys for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with another edition of Simply Seria. Ciao. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.